The following program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decisions. Welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, making a partnership of good health. The studio lines are open for your calls and questions. Call 973-267-9687. Now, here's your host, Tom Wood. Good morning and welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, creating a partnership of good health. I'm your host, Tom Wood, from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists, the largest subspecialized neurosurgical group in the state of New Jersey. We are located at 310 Madison Avenue in Morristown, New Jersey. Our, our phone number to reach us is 973-285-7800. And take a look at our website. It's uh, www.ansdocs.com. Again, that's ansdocs.com. Com. And, of course, the website for the Answers Live show is AnswersLiveNJ.com. And, again, I ask you all to please visit that. Uh, you can listen to the shows at any time to get your points and questions um, that you have answered through our, our shows that are listed there. Again, that's AnswersLiveNJ.com. And please comment on that site and send me questions and um, guests that you want to have on the show. I will always try to find that special guest and bring them on the show for you at any time. Um, again, today I have a, a special guest. Um, her name is Dr. Caroline Moschel, and you probably recognize the name from last week when I had on Dr. Yaron Moschel, who is the new brain tumor specialist at our group at Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. She, of course, has uh, moved to New Jersey with him and uh, residing in New Jersey, and she is a, a very, very... Um, um, good uh, eye physician. She's an op, uh, ophthalmologist, and she's located in Livingston. Good morning, Dr. Moshe. Good morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's kind of exciting for New Jersey. We have both of you here. We have a brain tumor specialist and uh, a very good, um, and you're also a neuro-ophthalmologist, um, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit at the end so people know what that means. But um, you're working for a, a physician group, uh, Murano Eye Care? Yep, that's okay. Right. So before we really get into that, let's uh, let our listeners know a little bit about who you are, a little bit about you went to school, and a little about Murano Eye Care. Okay. Um, I did both medical school and residency in New York at uh, NYU and Manhattan Eye Ear and Throat Hospital. Uh, then I spent a year in Philadelphia at the Wills Eye Hospital doing a neuro-ophthalmology fellowship, like you mentioned. Um, and so now we're back in North Jersey. I joined Murano Eye Care. We're in Livingston at the St. Barnabas Ambulatory Care Center right across the street from the Livingston Mall. Um, and we're a, we're a full-service ophthalmology group um, with ophthalmologists and optometrists. And, uh, You're there for, to help us with our eye issues. Exactly. Well, welcome to New Jersey, uh, you and your husband. Uh, Murano Eye Care, to reach Dr. Moschel, uh, please get your pens and pencils ready, is 973-322-0100. Again, that's 973 973- Three two two zero one zero zero, and her name is Dr. Caroline Moschel. What I thought today we would do, um, because everyone kind of just thinks of optometrists, ophthalmologists, so we're going to kind of get an idea a little bit of when you go to an ophthalmologist or for an eye exam, what actually happens. We're going to answer those questions people have about things in your eyes that you kind of take for granted. So I guess the easiest way is when we go to see you, uh, we're going to have an eye exam. From our first eye exam, what could we expect? Well, every time you come and see us uh, with an eye exam, we always check your vision, each eye individually, uh, to get a sense of how healthy the eye is overall. 
And we generally put in drops, numbing drops, dilating drops, and take a look with a special microscope called a slit lamp uh, that gives us a more detailed view of the eyes and the structures inside the eye. Um, the numbing drop lets us check the eye pressure, uh, not with the air puff, which everybody right. hates, but with a little blue light, and uh, is a screening test for glaucoma, which is really important to always check for. Okay. And the eye puff, because that is my worst part of an eye exam. What does that actually do? It's so it moves your eye, someone told me, and if there's pressure, it doesn't move as well? Yeah. I don't know. I've never used it. But <laughs> it, okay. it, it generally, the idea is that it blows in a, a specific amount of air and indents your eye a certain amount, and that gives it a reading of what the pressure is. Okay, the you way use we a light? Yeah, we use a light that's attached to something called a tenometer. Basically, it just touches your eye and presses a little bit to, to do the same thing, get a measurement of the back pressure and, and tells us how hard the, the eyeball is, basically. Okay. Which and is why you need the numbing drop. Right. Well, that sounds a lot easier because that's the that was my anxiety from when I was a little kid yeah. is getting that puff test. Everybody hates it. That's <laughs> so funny. Um, a qu- quick question. I know people are always wondering, why do you dilate an eye? Well... The only way to really see to the back of the eye where your optic nerve is, uh, which connects the eye and the brain and where your retina is, uh, and to look at cataracts better, is to really dilate the pupil. So that's the hole literally in the eye that we can open up and and get a better view to the back. Okay. And when you leave the eye, uh, eye doctor after having that done, you're so sensitive to light, and that's why, because what's happening? Well, once your pupil is dilated and we've frozen it in place, basically, with the with the drops, it doesn't shrink back down to block any light out when you go back outside, which is its normal job to open in the dark and close more in the light um, and regulate the light going in and out of the eye. So we'll give you some sunglasses at least so you're not oh, tortured. Okay, so free sunglasses there. Um, that was actually a funny story. When I went to the eye doctor, and unfortunately now I wear reading glasses, I need them. I can't even survive. Um, before I needed reading glasses, I was always in awe kind of, why do people need glasses? I can't understand how you can't see. And I went to the eye doctor first time. They dilated my eyes and they left me there, I guess, for a few minutes. And my wife was texting me and little by little, I couldn't read anymore. And I was texting her the weirdest things. And she's like, what's wrong with you? Like, I can't see. Something's wrong with me. So that also affects your vision. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. The the drops do also affect the way your lens can focus. And so when you're dilated up close, becomes very blurry. Now I live my life like that and I have to wear reading glasses. But it was a funny story because I've never needed reading glasses. But of course, with age, it happens. And we'll talk a little bit about that also. Um, Talking about glasses, let's talk a little bit about glasses. Um, Should you bring your glasses to your your normal routine eye exam? And let's talk a little bit about what a bifocal is and then trifocal transitional so we have an idea. Sure. You you should definitely bring your glasses to your eye exams because uh, that way we can see what your vision is as as best as it can be with your glasses on. Um, In terms of bifocals, usually people after about 40 not to give away your age or anything, Tom, but uh, after about 40, almost everybody needs reading glasses. So your lens just can't focus as well as it used to. And if you're wearing glasses anyways, you'll tend to need a bifocal of some sort. A regular bifocal just has a line across the the lens. So the top half is for reading and the top half is for distance. The bottom half is for reading. More people are interested in progressives, which have no line, and they literally progress from distance to reading as you go down the lens, and they leave an area in the center for an intermediate distance, which is nice for a computer uh, generally, and it doesn't look like a bifocal, which is nice. Um, like you said, they also make trifocals, which have two different lines, so it has distinct areas for far, intermediate, and close. Um, transitions are the kind of lenses they get dark when you go outside. 
So that's always confusing too. So there's a lot of different options and how you want your glasses made and how you're going to use them and what's going to work best for you. And it does take some time to get used to that because um, as I'm sitting here with you, I wish I was only 40. Um, <laughs> actually pushing a little older, uh, but I look good for my age. Um, I have on uh, transition, or I guess trifocals where the top is clear okay. and the bottom is reading glasses um, because I can't stand putting on reading glasses on and off. But I have a hard time with them because... They're sometimes blurry and make things look fish-eyed, and people say, oh, you have to get used to them and train your, your eyes. So I guess at the Murano Eye Care, you explain that to patients and then help them yeah. get used to it. So I thought I would use them and wear them all the time, but it actually is annoying to me right now is, is trying to get used to that. So it's something yeah. you have to get used to. You do. Some people prefer to take glasses on and off. It's easier. Some people want to wear them all the time and do get used to just having to look through the right part of those progressive lenses. Right, right. Um, I, I guess a really good question is, how do I know when I should go see you? Um, you know, uh, we don't have to get into optometrists, ophthalmologists, but when should we go to an ophthalmologist? I mean, is it a yearly thing? Should you wait, uh, you know, when your eyes start? So give an idea to the listeners when we should come see you. You know, I'd say if, you, if you're young and healthy, have no medical problems, then every year or two is fine just to get everything checked and make sure it's healthy, just like you would go to your regular doctor. Um, if you have other medical problems like diabetes, hypertension, uh, things like that, then you definitely need to come at least once a year and sometimes more frequent depending on, you know, if you have a bad disease or disease in your eye. Um, those are just, I have no complaints. I want a routine exam. If you ever notice your vision changes, it gets blurry, your eyes red or painful, or you have new flashes of light or floaters in your vision, then you should go right away and get your eyes checked for sure. Okay. Uh, of course, you said floaters. We talked about this before the show. Um, <laughs> as we were sitting in, in the, the pre-room uh, with Dr. Moschel, I said to her the sunlight was coming in and I had all these little floaters shooting across, so I kind of know what they are. But people out there suffering, what are floaters? Well, floaters are very common, first of all. Um, basically, For people over a certain age, of course. Go yeah, ahead, hit me with it. Especially at a certain age. Um <laughs> or people that are nearsighted tend to have more floaters also, that your your eye is filled with a gel or a jelly called the vitreous. And as we age and your eye changes, it becomes more liquefied. And little pieces of that gel break off and start to float around in, in what's now liquid. Okay. So every time you move your eyes around and the gel moves, these little balls sort of float around in there and you see them as shadows or little bugs or hairs yeah. that float around. So usually they're benign and they're not a problem. But if you have a sudden shower of new ones or a blatant new one that you that you recognize is different, it's good to check it out because the, the vitreous can sometimes pull off the back of the eye when it separates and tear the retina. And, okay. and that's something we worry about and want to look at. Okay. But your usual floaters, they're really just annoying. Yeah, I have my usual. I name them, so we're going to talk to them on the beach because that's when I see them the most. Um, <laughs> keeping in that realm and uh, well, seriousness, um, you spoke about diabetes. Mm -hmm. um, Explain why diabetes affects the eye. Diabetes can affect the eye in a bunch of different ways. One of the more common ways is that it, because of the differences in the sugar in your blood, um, it can make the lens in your eye swell up, which can just cause blurry vision, oh. um, especially when sugars are out of control. And it can take a lot of time for sugars to come back down and the lens to go back to its normal shape. Um, can also get cataracts from diabetes. 
the things that we worry about more are changes in the retina. You can get little blood vessels that bleed, new blood vessels that grow and then cause retinal detachments and even blindness from diabetes. Okay, so, so people serious. that have diabetes really should go at least every year. Yeah, at least every year. And sometimes we ask them to come back more often depending on what we see is going on back there. Okay, um, that's interesting. I really thought it had something to do with um, like a hypertension kind of thing with diabetes. So um, that was very interesting. Um, we're going to take a call real quick uh, from Sarah in Short Hills. Good morning, Sarah. This is Tom from Answers Live. You're on the line with Caroline, Dr. Caroline Moschel. Hi, good morning. Um, good morning, Dr. Moschel. Morning. Um, I was calling because I had a question. Um, a lot of my friends have been doing a lot of cosmetic surgery around the eyes, um, and I just never seem to know who to go to, who's the best kind of doctor to go to. Would I go to a dermatologist, a plastic surgeon, or an eye doctor? Dr. Okay. Michelle. Um, thanks, Sarah. You know, it's a good question. There, All of us uh, do a lot of procedures around the eye and the face. Um, I do some Botox and some fillers in the face also. Um, so there are a lot of ophthalmologists out there that, that do some of those cosmetic procedures and, and can help with any of those things. Well, I guess, Sarah, that's your answer. You have to go see Dr. Moschel. And, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. Thank you very that's a, much. That's a Thank great, you. great question. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I did that today. See that? My <laughs> listeners last week had an issue with that board. Um, that was actually a good question because it kind of brings us into, um, I was reading your, your CV, that you do that type of cosmetic um, a little bit before we go into it. Explain that a little bit about, because that's kind of new for some people to know that. Yeah, so um, I do some what we call, uh, you know, opth- ophthalmologic <laughs> plastics. Um yeah, and uh, we do things with the eyelids. If you have droopy eyelids or a blepharoplasty, which is extra either fat or skin around the eyes, we can lift them a little bit so you look a little bit younger. Um, more commonly, people are interested in what I do more frequently is, like I said, is Botox, you know, for crow's feet around the eyes or for your forehead. Um, and sometimes we'll also do different injections with fillers, like um, different ones that maybe people have heard of are Restylane or Juvederm, those kind of things, to fill out those lines that are still there um, <clears throat> and are making you just not feel as good about yourself as maybe you did before. Okay. That's good, especially for me when we're discussing my age to know that you do that. Um, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break on that note and be right back. I'm Tom Wood of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. Suffering from neck or back pain can truly disrupt your life. Every day I hear of the stories of people whose lives have been devastated by nerve pain, but who are afraid to see a neurosurgeon. They're scared of surgery. But at Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists, we make getting back to the life you want possible using a variety of minimally invasive treatments. Our group of specialists are among the best trained doctors in the state, the leaders in stroke and minimally invasive spine and brain tumor procedures, and we view surgery as the last option. Don't be afraid to end your pain. Trust Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. We have eight offices throughout New Jersey and are affiliated with most healthcare systems. Call 973-285-7800 or visit us at ansdocs.com. That's ansdocs.com. Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. We've truly got your back. Welcome back to Answers Live. I'm your host, Tom Wood. 
from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. We are the largest subspecialized neurosurgical group in the state of New Jersey. Uh, This morning, I'm speaking with Dr. Caroline Moschel from the Murano Eye Care, and we're getting so much information um, about what she does at the Murano Eye Care um, Center or office. And we were talking a little bit about um, her cosmetic part of what she does with the eyes. She does um, some cosmetic... um, uh, work around the eye. So, of course, um, call the office and ask all those questions about uh, what she can do for you there. We did leave off speaking about diabetes and how that affects the eye. Another um, a health disease or issue I wanted to ask you about, Dr. Moschel, is hypertension because um, not me, even though I'm not up in age, um, suffer from hypertension. And um, that does affect the eye. And how does it affect the eye? It does. Um, The hypertension affects the blood vessels in your eye the same way it affects the blood vessels in the rest of your body. So um, they get constricted and stiff and can cause essentially mini strokes inside the eye, which can cause you to lose vision. They can cause small strokes to the optic nerve, which can even cause blindness. Um, So we can see also when we look inside the eyes, any signs of hypertension, it's a good place where you can see blood vessels directly where you can in the rest of the body. So we can get a better sense of how your hypertension is controlled and how you're doing with it too. Okay. That's good for everyone. So really, you know, monitor your blood pressure. And we've had some shows on that because it can affect your eye, um, which is very important. Um, On that note, kind of simple, but everyone experiences it. So it's a question of mine. When you have um, a blood vessel rupture in your eye, and I've had it happen to me and people, sometimes it's pretty bad. You look at somebody like, oh my God, look at your eye. What is going on there? Yeah, when you get the red eye kind of look, the blood vessels on the front of your eye are just very fragile vessels. They're thin and and easily ruptured. So if you have a bout of coughing, sneezing, straining, anything like that, they can just break or for no reason. A lot of times people just wake up and they have this horrible looking red bloody eye. And it's actually benign. It doesn't cause any problems, doesn't leave any problems, clears up in a week or two and you go back to normal. Okay. And what about, um, again, this is things that everyone uh, asks about. Um, you know, you hear people, Visine, when they have it, they put the Visine. Then someone, actually a friend of mine who was a physician, said, oh, you shouldn't really use Visine too much. And, you know, the allergic one especially because it dries your eye. What is the scoop on all that stuff? Yeah, Visine is a tricky one because it says it gets the red out, which right. it does a great job of because it constricts your blood vessels. So it makes you um, <clears throat> seem less red, but it's not actually helping your eye at all. So if your eyes are irritated or dry or itchy, it's better to use just a general artificial tear, which is going to lubricate the eye and get the red out by making it feel better and healing it as opposed to just falsely shrinking the blood vessels. Okay. And how about the allergy ones? Because uh, I sometimes have used that because your eyes get so itchy. And again, um, why is that? I'm sure it's an allergic reaction in your eye. And should you be using that stuff? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a bunch of different reasons for the itchy. A lot of times it is just allergies. Um, the allergy ones goes back to the blood vessel thing again. Uh, and sometimes you can get sort of a rebound effect from these drops where your eye gets redder when you stop using it is another reason not to. Um, there are better just prescription drops, really, that are like antihistamines and, and can help with the itching in a just a little bit better way. Okay. Um, I'm going to run through some kind of common things we hear about that mm-hmm. affect the eye, and let's just go through them a little bit. Um, one that just popped into my head, um, I know you have uh, children. Um, I have older children now, but and they're always affected by pink eye, but adults get pink eye. What is pink eye? Um, pink eye tends to be two different things in children and adult, adults, actually. In, in kids, they usually have more of a bacterial conjunctivitis, which is 
a bacteria that gets into the eye. It's really nasty and gunky, and it's best treated with antibiotic drops. In adults, we tend to get more of a viral reaction or a viral uh, infection. So same as you get a common cold, it's the same virus that infects your eye, basically. And it gets pink and irritated and itchy and all sorts of terrible feelings, but it's really a self-limited disease. So same as you wouldn't really take antibiotics if you just have a runny nose and a cough, we don't really give you antibiotics for pink eye in general. Just try to keep you comfortable and get past the week or two it takes for your eyes to go back to normal again. Okay. Um, speaking of eyes going back to normal, we're going to go to my next question on what is a sty. But when I went, um, they said I had a chalazion, which I thought it was really fancy, but I actually freaked out because it was a very large bump on my eye. I had to put compresses. It was so ugly. He's like, if it doesn't get better, we have to lance it. So I, I was in a panic. What the heck is a sty? Like, so what is a sty? What is a hortolum? I heard about Hordeolum, yeah. Hordeolum, and what is a chalazion? Sounds like a pizza, but what is that? It's not as delicious <laughs> as a pizza. Um, they're all sort of in the same realm. It's, I would say a sty and a hordeolum are kind of the same. They're like an acutely inflamed, where it's painful and red, and you have this terrible bump on your eye. A chalazion is what we call the same thing after it's healed a little bit, and it's now just a painless, annoying bump that's just sitting in your eyelid. Um, they all happen from one of the glands around your eyelids getting clogged up, basically. And then when the secretions can't get out, they back up into your eyelid and get inflamed. And, and you know, your body reacts to them, and it creates this big bump that then drives you crazy and looks terrible, yeah. and it's red. Um, the warm compresses are the most helpful because it opens up those glands and lets everything drain again and prevents you from getting more styes, basically, too. Okay. Um, that's another thing. Uh, people say, oh, I always get styes. Are people prone to styes uh, other than other? I mean, I just had that uh, Chalazion once, thank God, because he did say to me, oh, you might get these often and all the time. Thankfully, I never got it again. Um, but do people get styes routinely? Yeah, there are people that seem to be prone to it. Um, there's something called blepharitis, which is sort of a chronic inflammation of those glands and they tend to get clogged up more often in those people and get styes more recurrently and so we we definitely start with the warm compresses some eyelid scrubs to open up the glands and try to try some other medications sometimes that can help also but it, it is tough when they happen over and over again. Okay. And uh, of course being a marketing guy people market that sty away and all the sty stuff is that helpful? Or is I don't it just think so. okay? Well, <laughs> you're the one we should listen to, um, because I did buy that and it didn't really do it didn't much. Help. So not really, but okay, I think psychologically you think I put a medicine in, it'll help. Yeah. Um, that's these are great. Like I said, a <laughs> lot of good information for everyone. Um, the next thing we'll jump to is cataracts. Um, what is a cataract? So a cataract is where the natural lens in your eye basically gets cloudy. Um, it's another thing that happens with age over time. It probably is exacerbated by UV light, we're starting to learn. So wearing sunglasses might help a little bit, but we essentially are outliving our eyes in many ways. So as we get older and it gets cloudier and yellower, it gets harder to see through. Um, it doesn't really hurt the eye in any way, or it's not a disease, but once it gets to the point where glasses aren't helping you and you can't see as well as you're used to or you'd like to, then it's time to think about cataract surgery and, and taking it out, basically. Okay. Um, and again, that a lot of uh, illness actually would um, cause cataracts, too, uh, more so. Yeah. yeah, diabetes is a big one. Being on steroids long term can cause cataracts. Okay. And what types of cataract surgeries are there? 
because um, we hear different things. We a couple months ago we had a little bit of show on it. Um, are there certain types? Or is there one one type um, lens replacements? Certain mm-hmm. certain types of lenses or something that they replace with? Yeah, the, in in general, it's kind of the same. It's it's still a surgery where there's incisions and you go inside the eye, remove the lens and and replace it with a clear lens, basically. How you do it exactly can vary. What type of lens you use depends on the person, what they want, um, if they have astigmatism. Uh, now we're starting to use um, laser a little bit more for cataract surgery. We have a, a, a LensX laser at St. Barnabas. Um, it can help with the surgery. It doesn't do the entire surgery, but it can help make the incisions. It can help soften the lens up. Um, so it, it's starting to become very useful also. Okay. And um, staying on that topic, at your office, you do the, all these types of surgeries, right, at Murano Eye Care? Mm-hmm. I mean, we do we do the surgery part in a surgery center down the hall, but okay. it's all right. in the same place. That's at the Ambulatory Care Center yep. there. That's where your office is. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit, like I said, we're getting close to the end of the show. I wanted to touch um, a little bit on your specialty, um, which is interesting to me, uh, working in stroke um, for most of my career and working for Atlantic Neurosurgical. We are one of the, we are really the largest um, advanced stroke care providers for interventional stroke care at the Comprehensive Stroke Centers. And with our stroke patients, we have a support group. Um, our next, actually, support group is going to be on February 20th at 6 p.m. It's called the Partnership of Strength. I run that, and it's for anyone who suffered a stroke, hemorrhagic or ischemic. Um, we're doing a support group. And um, a few of the patients, uh, we bring in a guest speaker. Maybe I'm actually going to have you come to one of them over the next several months. They um, they have eye problems. They have eye visions. And that's where a neuro-ophthalmologist comes in, and we refer out to them. And there's not a lot of you around, by the way. Um, what is a neuro-ophthalmologist? And oh. we'll explain that to everybody. A neuro-ophthalmologist um, can actually be trained as an ophthalmologist like I am or a neurologist who does extra training in neuro-ophthalmology. Um, and we specialize really in... The, the optic nerve, which connects the eye and the brain, and how the brain is affecting the eye, um, as opposed to just the eye individually or just the brain individually, like we do in our, our specialties. Um, so stroke is a, is a good example. A lot of people who've had a stroke have problems with their vision. Like you said, usually they have a visual field cut, which means part of their vision is missing. It's not necessarily blurry, but they can't see to one side or the other side. So We'll monitor these these uh, patients, see how they're doing, um, you know, and do visual field testing, that kind of thing for them. Okay, so you can catch things early on by by monitoring that. Sure. Um, we were talking before the show. Um, I have a cousin that has a brain tumor, and um, thankfully he's benign. He's going to do great. Um, but they always want to check his eyes. So that's a way to see something before if something is changing quicker. Yeah, it's definitely a way. It's, you know, it's a lot easier and safer to be able to do testing in the office than to have to repeat MRI and CAT scans over and over and over again. Um, So we can definitely monitor it with your vision and how your visual feel, which is your peripheral vision, is doing, if it's changing, Um, looking inside the eyes again, because it's a a way to see to the brain almost when we look at the optic nerve. So it's it's a good uh, connection between the two. Okay. Well, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, uh, my guest, again, is Dr. Caroline, Caroline Moschel. To reach her, I'll give you her number. Um, get your pens and pencils again. It's 973-322-0100. It's kind of like uh, Team Moschel now here in New Jersey. Uh, we have one of the really the best neuros- neurosurgeons uh, with brain tumors, your husband, Dr. Yaron Moschel. Yeah. 
Um, again, to, to reach him, it's 973-285-7800. You can visit our website at ansdocs.com to uh, read about him again and get in touch with him. Again, uh, Carolyn Moschel at the Murano Eye Care, 973-322-0100. Visit the Answers Live NJ website to hear more of our shows. Again, as I said last week, um, Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist now has the Spine Center, which means if you're suffering from back pain, you can call us from the onset and we will actually take you on and refer you out if you need to be to pain management or chiropractic and kind of take you from the beginning to the end and making that relationship with the neurosurgeon if in case you ever need surgery. But as always with us, surgery is always the last option. I want to thank all my listeners again for um, sitting with me today, and I look forward to speaking to you next Sunday with another show. Thank you. Join us again next week for Answers Live, your community medical connection making a partnership of good health. The preceding program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decision.